title of this message, The Tale of Two Crosses. We'll get into it just a little bit. Um, when we was raising our children, Vicky's kind of hyper. And then we're both kind of hyper, so it really... But I'll tell you what. These pampers are amazing, aren't they? Now, I remember when we had kids, we first started out, they had the cloth diapers. These were expensive. But uh, what I want to tell you is that <laughs> you mothers are remarkable. To get in there and change some of the way these diapers look, my goodness. <laughs> I uh, stayed away from that. Uh, only when Vicky wasn't there in desperate situations did I change certain diapers. <laughs> I was very blessed that uh, she could make fun of me all she wanted. I could care less. I wasn't doing it. Uh, you mothers, you run around like, you just, you just, it's like nonstop. Some of you just got so much energy, you wear me out just watching you. Uh, around here, you just, you're after those kids, and some of those kids are running like little coyotes, and you're after them, and wow, you, 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 you do a good job. Thank you. You do an excellent job. Um, being a mother, I have no idea. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm okay with that. Um, but to watch some of you and watch Vicki as she raised, uh, helped raise our, our, our boys, and, and uh, uh, I just can't say enough ab about it. Uh, uh, my mom's biggest thing was when your dad gets home. Uh, and boy, when I knew, and back then, let me tell you, I don't know how it is today, but I know back then when my mama said, when your daddy gets home, she meant it. And when daddy got home, I was trying to hide and didn't do much good because they would always find me. Uh, I respected them very much so. And uh, uh, some of your, your mothers have gone on, and, and, uh, and, and I miss mine greatly. But I'll see her again. I'll see her again. So thank you, mothers, once more. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being who you are. Uh, you're, it's an amazing thing what God has done, isn't it? With mothers, it's an amazing thing. The tale of two crosses. And it's, it's dealing with, with moms, and we'll talk about it. Um, you know, dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, Father, we ask you to open up our hearts to, to see the love that you have for mothers. Father, we can just grab a hold just a little bit. Just a little bit. of the love that you implanted in mothers' hearts to love their children more than, it's a different type of love than, than dads. It's hard to explain, but a mother's love is never forgotten. And Father, for those that mothers did not stand up to, to do the job they did, Lord, I, I, I thank you for the mothers that stepped in and took those children and and bless those children with such loving mother and a father. Lord, you take care of your own. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead, please. The tale of two crosses. We cannot allow ourselves to love what God has given us more than we love God. 
Um, I wrote that down because, because as parents, uh, I know how it is. Sometimes you can love these kids so much that you almost uh, love them more than God sometimes. And when that happens, they become an idol. And that's not what God wants for us. So just trying to, to warn you and me and whoever else, we warn that we have to be able to love them deeply, like the love that we have for our kids, especially mothers. But we also have to be able to allow God to do what God's going to do in their life. And sometimes that means as parents just standing back, just kind of letting them run that path. And sometimes it's having that, difficult love and as I understand as, as a pastor sometimes I have to give out a lot of difficult love and people call it hate they call it a lot of different things but as a parent you realize it's not hate you never hated your child day in your life but you still have to give them a difficult love so we have to be careful with how we treat our kids although we we love them completely and always but we can never love them more than we love our, our father in heaven amen so that's a separation that we have to do. That's, that's a cross that we have to bury. And every mother who is dedicated to the Lord, not all mothers are dedicated to the Lord, especially these days, but every mother who is dedicated to the Lord carries these two crosses. The first cross is that all in love you have, you have for that child. I mean, you love that child. That's that, that first cross, the, the, the child. The, 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 hey, man, how many of you went through nine months of this? We didn't, did we? We didn't, and we didn't, we didn't have an epidural or like Brooke and some of the other ones out here just have that baby with nothing. We, we really, I don't want to go through that. Thank you, Lord, I'm a man. I'm not confused with that. I know I don't want to go through that at all. Amen. Uh, I, I remember Vicki years ago when she had her feet would swell up and she'd wear tennis shoes to bed and her socks to bed and, and she, got, she got big, I got big, she got small, I didn't. Strange thing, I don't know. Anyway, that first cross is that love, and, and because a man can't really understand what it's like to have a baby inside of us, we don't understand any of that at all, but the mother does. The mother understands that she knew that child so well because she could feel that child inside of her, that, that, that love that she had before that child ever, had, ever took the first breath. That mother knew that child. She knew how that child moved, and, and she knew that when that child liked a certain kind of food, that child, yee hee would jump inside, or when they heard a certain kind of music, that child would roll over, when that mother would pat that belly, that child, woo-hoo, and that mother knew those things before the, before the dad could ever even understand it. Am I right or am I wrong? Right. Ooh, I'm glad they are. So that was that, that, that beautiful love being formed before the daddy can ever even understand the child. The dad just sits back and says, you guys are crazy. You know, I, I don't get that at all. And the second cross is the knowledge that you must surrender that child to God. To have so much love for him, but not, enough, not more love than you have for God, but to know that you've got to surrender that child to God. And we see that through God's word, and that's what kind of we're looking at. We're looking at, at two particular women, Hannah and Mary. Hannah is the, is the mother of Samuel. She was unable to have children, and she begged God for a child. And child delivered on that promise that he gave her the one night. So that second cross is the knowledge that we have to surrender that child to God no matter what the circumstances may seem. You can say, well, 
Hannah had a difficult circumstance the, the, where she was going to surrender that child and take it to the temple where, where Eli was the, was the high priest at the time and she was going to deliver that child there and leave that child there. Don't bring your kids here, please. But that's what she was going to do because she promised God that's what she was going to do. But yet Eli was really just a, a pretty much not the best priest in the world. He had two sons that pretty much ran whatever they wanted to do and did whatever they wanted to do. They were pretty, they were bad. And everybody knew that. And Eli wasn't real good. But yet she never put her trust, everybody say, in a man. She put her trust in the God. Everybody say, the God. And that's where your trust needs to be, in the, the wonderful God Father that we have. And Hannah didn't look at the men, she looked at the Father. Amen? And so she had to realize that no matter how much she loved that child, she made a promise to God, and she's going to fulfill that promise by handing that child over. Samuel will become a Nazarite. That's a, a lifelong Nazarite. If you don't know what that is, go dig into it and figure it out. There were three of them in the Bible for life. Who knows them? Samuel 1. Who's another one? Come on, shout it out. Samson. Who's the third one? John the Baptist. There you go. They're the three that, that were Nazarites through life. Surrender all that you are and all that you, ha and all that you have to all that God is. Amen? Mamas, can you do that? And some of, you can, some of you can't answer that. You really just can't. You, don't, you can't go there. You're not there. You're not quite there with God yet. And some of you get there pretty quick, like Kingston and Jenny over there. You get there quick, don't you, honey? Do, don't hold back even one part of your child from God. Let go and let God. Amen? Mamas, don't hold back. Do not hold back. And, and you're trying to say, well, what does that look like to, to, to let God have that child? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I can tell you what it looked like to me, but I can't tell you what it's going to look like for you. It's different for every one of us. Amen? You're unique to God, and he's got a unique plan for your family. He's got a unique plan for your child, and you need to be growing up in Christ so you can understand what this looks like to your family and to your life. I can give you examples from the Bible, but they'll be different maybe with you. By your actions, they will follow. Amen? And we'll see that today. By your Mama, by your actions, your children will follow. Do you know that your, your children expect, especially from this little age right here up to about right here, to about seven or eight years old, what they see of you is all they know of this world? Gather that. And mama, they're looking at you more than anybody else because you're with them more than anybody else. What they see of you from here to about right here, that's their world. That's a scary thing, isn't it? It is. Vicki did some, uh, I don't think she got them up there, but she did some things for the kids last week and she was asking them about their mamas and she was going to, I don't think she could get it up there, but it was, she was asking them questions about their mama and what, and what she asked them was just simple little questions, but what, she, what they see the mama doing is what they understand from the mama. Amen? It's just the way it is. So by your actions they will follow and by your love they will choose. You know what, what my mama used to tell me when I was little, I took that for the gospel. It was the truth, and it was later on I figured out she wasn't quite telling me all the truth. She would just tell me stuff to get me to go where I wanted to. It was not always correct, but it was in a loving way. When your father gets home, he's going to kill you. He wasn't going to kill me, but he's going to hurt me. In a loving way. 
Now, I've told you before, because a lot of you new people are here, I never had to whip my boys much. I just grabbed a hold of them, shook them. <laughs> Brad, did I have to whip you much? No. The good kid syndrome, yeah. Yeah, go with it, yeah. But Vicky would yell at them and say, when your dad gets home, and they, uh, you know, they, they respected me. By your faith and release, releasing them to God, they will walk in the power and faith of Christ. We'll start in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and we'll use, use these verses with baby dedications. Go ahead, Ray. Hear, O Israel, hear, O church. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Is it a suggestion? It's a commandment. Go ahead, Ray. You shall teach them digitally to your children. What's that digital? I can't say that word, Harley. Say it one more time for me. Diligently. Mm, slow it down. Put some, put some marbles in my mouth. Slow it down. Dig diligently. Okay, you're getting that, right? That means what? Continual, right? Don't stop. Don't quit. And so you're, the verses we just saw before, these are the things we're teaching them. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. So when you're sitting around the house, sometimes we need to shut off the SpongeBob and open up, maybe start some, you know, the, the VeggieTales were way back, and you know, I'm not sure VeggieTales was popular as it used to be. There's a lot of good Christian things out there for kids to watch and see. So you need to sit down and talk with them. I know a lot of parents do Bible studies with their kids a few times a week or certain times before bedtime. You know, we used to be able to read books to your kids before bedtime. I never did that. I think Vicky might have done it. I didn't. I wish I would have read, I wish I'd have been closer to God at that time. When you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. So another continual in this worship of God with our children all the time. Because what they're seeing of you in those little small years, they know who's changing their diaper. They know who's giving them the bottle. They know who's doing this and they know who's doing that, right? They know. I know when these little kids come around here, when they see me, they usually take off. Screaming and shouting. Oh, Ellie, she, she sees me, she's gone, man. They just, you know what? But they run where? To the mama. They don't really run to the daddy very often. You always just see them running to the mama. Mama, 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 where are you? Because that's the protection they have formed with that mother. You protect them from all sorts of things. And they know where safety is, and they run to that mother because that's safety. Isn't that a wonderful thing? You didn't have to teach him that, did you? Love showed him that. Love revealed that to him. Go ahead, please. This is a word called correlate. It's a, it's a definition of either, either of two things, two things so related that one directly implies or is complementary to the other. And that's what we're looking at in, in God's Word today is, is Hannah and Mary their lives, they kind of correlate, and, and your lives are to correlate in that same way. In that same way. It's a, it implies a com complementary to, e to each other. Hannah was going to have to, not have to, but she prayed for Samuel, and it was going to give Samuel up after she winged Samuel, 
And Mary also, when Jesus was born, you'll see the scriptures where she just kind of took everything in and just pondered everything that was going on in her life. Because she also knew that that child, who he was, he was the son of God. And that mother, more than her dad, more than Joseph even, knew that son of God. She knew that the Holy Spirit had come over here and that child was partly God's child. And she also knew that that child, because of the scriptures in the past, was going to be handed over. So she, had, she loved Jesus with great passion as Hannah loved Samuel with great passion. But they also knew that there was a calling for those children. And that second cross was to hand them over to whatever God desired to do in that child's life. And that mother, their job, their, 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 their understanding was to protect that child and love that child and show them the path that God directed them to it's an awesome responsibility that God gave mothers. Don't take it lightly. Time does not separate God's calling and will. Hannah was thousands of years before Mary. But it, God's working in the same way to correlate this beautiful pattern that he has for us. What God called Hannah and Mary to, his calling to you as well. We are to correlate our lives to the word of god amen that we complement the word of god because we're living that way and you say well i can't control my children after they get old but i'm going to tell you something if you bring them upright you bring i'm i am proof of that if you bring them upright they may run off in their own silly ways they may dabble in this and dabble in that but they know where their beginning came from. And that mother is a big part of that. Amen? amen, amen, amen. You bring them upright. You turn them over to God. And you give them to God. You don't try to, to control every aspect of their spiritual life. And oh my goodness, they're going to do this and do that. They belong to God. After all, didn't God give you that child? Didn't he give Samuel to Hannah? And didn't he give Jesus to Mary, didn't he give you the very child that you have, mother? He gave that child to you for a Pacific plan. And as a mother, you're part of that Pacific plan for that child. God knew what he was doing. God knows best. So as these children drive you nuts, you can just look up and say, God, you got this plan, not me. And you don't have to know the plan. You just got to know the, the direction to take them. Because I'm telling you, you bring them upright, God will call them and he'll bring them back. We lose kids, most kids from 18 to 22, we lose them. One of the reasons is these wonderful high school kids is one of the reasons is we, we start to, they get their own little thing going on in the youth and, and know that's just the way it happens sometimes and they don't feel like they're part of the church anymore because they've got their own little world going on here, and when they hit 18 or, or they get out of high school, they go, where do I fit in now? Where's the 19s and the 20-year-olds? And Where do I fit in? And they just don't fit in, and they go off to college, and they get in all kinds of things in college, and the world starts to open up to them. They say, I never knew that happened. I never knew that was like that. They hid me from this stuff. 
and Satan steps in, and you can just see how it goes. But, but after that age 22, they, some of them start to come back. Sometimes it's 35 and 40 when they come back. But by goodness, sometimes they come back, amen? And if they are not raised up in that manner, how do they know what to come back to? And we find our world that we live in today. When we let go to what God has called us, Go ahead, Ray, I can't read that. When we let go to what God has called us to, it's, we worship. Worship always follows, so we'll see that. Go ahead, in 1 Samuel, this is Hannah. She's bringing this child, Samuel, back. He's, a, he's maybe seven, eight years old, maybe a little younger, somewhere in that time frame, but he She's had him these years, and she's promised him, and it's that time of year. They're all heading back to, the, to where the temple to, in, a, in a holiday, and, a, and it says, she says here in 26, you've got to understand this now. She's giving her child up. She's only going to see this child maybe once a year. She's handing him over to, to God and, and, the, and the temple. Even though these men in the temple may not be the, the most godly men you'd want to hand him over to, she wasn't looking at the men. She was looking at God. And she said, oh, my Lord. As your soul lives, as my Lord, as you live, as you're the God of all things, you know what I'm getting ready to do. You know, God, that, that I'm going to hand this child over. Can, how many mothers could you do that at a young age? It would be difficult, wouldn't it? And this is her first child. This is a child that she couldn't have, that God blessed her with, because she wasn't able to have children. This is not just one child out of 20. It's the first child that God gave her. So she says, oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here. And she's talking to the high priest, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and, this Lord, and the Lord has granted. Go ahead. Granted me by petition, which I ask of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. I'm giving it back. I'm giving you back to what you gave me. And if you can understand that the Lord gave you that child, and it's his child, as long as it's his child and your child, but he wants that child back, it's going to be so much easier on your mothers. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. How long, how long mamas? As long as he lives. So they worship the Lord there. So when you get this obedience thing right with your children, you and your children together will worship the Lord. And, and this could be a praying time. It could be, we, we talk worship a little different today, but this is a time where they just fell to their knees together, her and her son, and, and just worship the Lord. It's an amazing time if you think about it. For a mother to, to honor the promise that she made to God. And that some of you out there, you, when you were a child, was, you, you was praying to, to get pregnant. You were praying for a child. Some of you were. And some of you were praying all through that pregnancy for that child. Am I right or am I wrong? Well, what were you praying? <laughs> God expects you to honor those prayers. Amen? And he expects you to understand you cannot love that child more than you do God. And if you'll love God first, as the scripture tells us to do, God will guide you with that child because God wants the best for your child. Amen? 
He wants the very best for your child. The hardest love that you can give may be the best love you can give for that child. And allowing that child to go through things in their life without always protecting them from everything is love. Allowing God to work in that child's life. I used to play with matches and fire a lot, and I'd get in trouble over with it. You know, it wasn't until I really got burnt good. And I can tell you right now, my mom and dad was always over me. Quit playing with fire, you little silly boy. You crazy. Burn again. Come here. Mom would put that butter on there. You know, they put butter on it back in. I don't know why. They put butter on it, and she'd. And off I'd go. I'd go grab something else hot. You know what? She had to let me continually do those things. I never got spanked over anything like that. I was just, it took, it took my mom leave, letting me go through those things to know to quit doing those things. Does that make sense to you? So they worship the Lord there. Moms, do you worship? Do you worship the Lord with your children? Do, are, you, are you setting time aside to just say, hey, little whoever, little Will or little Dylan or little whoever, little Teresa, little Corbin, little Garrett, little Henry, come here. I want to tell you about the God that gave you to me. The God that gave you to me. At that little age, could you imagine that goes into that child's mind and that heart? God gave you to me. I'm so special because God gave me to you, Mommy. And you worship the Lord together. You talk about a, 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 a something that won't be separated from that child's life. You talk about memories being made. Amen? I don't care. That, that child will remember that memories. No matter what the world tries to separate that memories and tries to destroy that memories, that child's memories with his mother in a worship time with God will be there for eternity. Amen? In Luke chapter 1, verse 46, we'll switch over to Mary and we'll collate these two together. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Gabriel, the angel, comes down and talks to Mary and tells her what's going to take place. And Mary is so blessed through this. She is so excited through this. Although the, the turmoil and the, out, the outcome of what's going to take place with her family and all these things, it, it didn't seem to matter to Mary. She just was going to go right where God told her to go. Uh, such a young girl, a very young girl. We don't know the age, but very young. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Mamas, does your soul magnify the Lord with your child? Aren't you excited about your child? It's, your child should just magnify the Lord with you in that worship time. Because God gave you that child to love and encourage and raise up to be a child of God. And it starts with the mother that child that God gave that child to. That's where it starts. That child has listened to you snore. That child has listened to you sing to him. 
I'll be honest with you, I didn't do much singing to my kids, but I don't know if Vicky did or not, but Vicky's a singer, so she probably did. And that child knew that mama so well before it ever took its first breath. Amen? It knew the feel of that mother, the hands that touched that child, that brushed its hair back, changed its diapers, and put its little booties on, that tucked it in bed. The relationship that you made with that child is so wonderful. Hannah made that relationship with Samuel and Mary made it with Jesus. But they both knew that the time they had to give that child over to God because that child belonged to God. And the love for that child was so deep in their hearts, but it wasn't deeper than the father that gave it to them. And so Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. No matter the trouble this is going to cause, no matter what the situation is, my soul magnifies the Lord. No matter the pain 33 years down the road, my soul magnifies the Lord. No matter the situations this child gets into, my soul magnifies the Lord because God gave me this child and I am going to love this child in all the days. And in Luke chapter 2, verses 34, and Simeon blessed them. This is the time after that baby, after baby Jesus was born, they took it to the temple, and there was a man there. And he's, one of his things, he said, I, the, the father told me I wasn't going to die until I saw the glory of the Lord, until I saw the Son of God, until I saw this magnificent child that is Jesus the Christ. And so they go and they lay this, Sweet little Jesus out. It's the beginning steps, and we call it dedication today. He said, bless them, and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this, cry, this child is disdained for the fall and rising of many in Israel. A prophet too, amen? And for a sign which will be spoken against Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Mothers, there's going to be days in your life that a sword is just going to pierce through your soul because of something your child's doing or something that you've given that child over to God, whatever it might be. There's children in the past that the mothers have raised them and they become missionaries and they leave home. They go to foreign countries and the parents never see them again. And you know that just pierces the soul of that mother but yet they've given that child over to God. Your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let me start over again. The Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is disdained for the fall and rising of many in Israel or the church or the whole world and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Did Mary know what was going to happen? Yes, she did. Did she really have any, any desire to do something different than what God had told her to do? No, she allowed these things to take place. She raised this son, the son of God. She raised him up. And at 12 years old, in that temple, he was already telling the, the high priest what they should have known. <laughs> if you just follow that lineage of Jesus, and that age of Jesus, Go ahead, please. 
If a mother's eyes are set on Jesus, their child's eyes will see Jesus. Amen? Then Vicky asked those little children, I, I watched a little thing of it, and some of them, I'll tell you, mothers, some of them just were funny. Some of the questions Vicky would ask them, does your mama read to you the Bible? Some would say, no. <laughs> I know you do, but they would just say, no. And then some of them, does your mama love you? Yeah. So if a mother's eyes are set on Jesus, their child's eyes will see Jesus. That's how important it is that you mothers and fathers but you mothers get this right. Amen? Does your child see you praying? Does your child see you with the Bible open? Does your child see you praising God? If all your child sees and, and hears is a mama screaming and yelling, then that's what they're going to learn. And their life just goes... Mama, please take the time to stop and slow down. I can't, I can't emphasize this enough, to stop and slow down and let your children see you worship God in some form. Amen? You want your children to raise up and there's no guarantee what's going to happen in those children's lives. But I can tell you one thing, they'll know right from wrong. Today, most children don't know right from wrong. And we look at them and say, how in the world that happened? Because we never gave them the facts and the truth about Jesus Christ. How, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think if you take all the morals out of this world and you take where there's nothing that can't happen? What do you think is going to happen in our children's lives? But some, the remnant, the church, if you'll do it the way God asked us to do it, in Deuteronomy 6, what we first verse, if you'll do it the way God asked us to do it, those children will be raised up to turn more of them towards God. Amen? If we don't do it at these young ages, we're going to lose it. If a mother's eyes are set on Jesus, their child's eyes will see Jesus. A mother's love can be seen in no brighter of a light than in the faith she holds. Mothers, I'm going to challenge you today. Something's going to take place in your life, if not today, this week, or the next week, where your faith needs to be up front with your child. You've got to have faith that God has got you and your child. When God answers a prayer of yours, will you tell your child, God answered this prayer, and I was praying for you that your grades would rise. I was praying for you that you would be healed. I was praying for you in some fashion, and God answered that prayer. Will you let your children know that you're praying for them? Do you know how important it is? When people tell me, Pastor, I'm praying for you, I just don't go, that means something to me. First, that they care about me enough to pray for me. That they, they love what God is doing in my life, that they want to pray for me. You're, you're just telling me. How many of you have told your children lately that you're praying for them? You need to let them know that. You know what that can mean to your child? My mommy prays for me, and this is what she's praying. That's a form of worship. A mother's love can be seen in no brighter of light than in the faith she holds. In 2 Timothy, I'm going to close here in a minute. 2 Timothy 1.5 when I call to remembrance, this is Paul speaking to his, to his young, uh, to young Timothy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith 
that is in you, which dwelt first in your who? Everybody say what? Lois. And your what? Who? Which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois. Now I'm going to tell you something. Lois got her name in the Bible as a grandmother. Amen. That's pretty good, isn't it? And Eunice got her name in the Bible as a mother. That's excellent. See, it was handed down from grandmother and whoever, who, whoever Lois's mother was, these things were handed down to correlate our lives together in the word of God, in the word of truth, in the word of love. And Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, is in you what? Also. So who did it start with? Everybody say mama. I didn't see the dad mentioned here, although it should have been. Evidently, the dad wasn't as powerful as the mother in the Lord. In fact, I don't think he was at all. But mama and grandmother passed this wonderful love down. Not so much a tradition, but love. That's what was passed down. Go ahead, please. This is my last verse. This is Paul speaking. Hold fast to the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me. That's the mentor, Paul. He's talking to his young Timothy. Hold fast. And the mother can say the same thing. A father can say the same thing. Hold fast to the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me. Mama, your kids are going to hold fast to what you say. You know, you ever ha- we used to have birds that talked. We had, Vicky had several of them. And they could, talk, they could mimic me. They, they would, to the T, they could sound like me. And they would laugh and do all kinds of stuff. And sometimes I'd see other people with birds, and they'd go in there, and that bird would be cussing up a storm. <laughs> they'd say, the, what? You want your bird to say that, huh? Okay. You want your kids to talk like you? Then talk like God. Amen? Because they're going to mimic what you say. You want your kids to be foul-mouthed? Then keep going, whatever, whatever it is. You want your kids to do whatever? They're going to mimic you, Mama. And Dad, absolutely. Hold fast to the pattern of sound words you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Words for the week. Let's stand, please. What happened there? That's a smart drummer. (laughs) Oh, well. The words are on. I don't know how that happened. You got blessed this week. How's that? Everybody read that for me. How's your foundation become? Where does the foundation start? It starts with the mama because the baby's in the mama first. Amen? It starts with you. Your application question for the week. Mothers, are you willing to accept that God knows best? Are you, I mean, you got to think about this a minute. Are you really willing to accept that God knows better than you? That's a tough one for moms. You've got to be willing to give them back like Hannah and Mary. You've got to be willing to come along with these two crosses that are such powerful crosses. But that cross represents love. Amen? 
that cross that Jesus got on represent love. The love for humanity and his creation. And the two crosses that Jesus has given us, the mothers, it's love. It's love. I'm going to open up the tables. If you belong to Jesus Christ, then you can welcome at these tables. If you need to be baptized or you want to join this church or you want to get something right in your life, there's the altar. That's where it's done at. We read about the altar all the way through the God's word. At the altar, at the altar, at the altar. They made an altar. They made an altar. It gives glory to God and it's showing God that I mean business with you, Father. Mothers, if there's something you're not quite getting right with your child, it starts at the altar of God. Amen? It starts in the prayer room, your war room. And just watch God work. You know one of the reasons I stand before you today? is because my mom prayed for me. I had a praying mother that loved me. Pray for your children. Come enjoy the Lord today. Oh